0: We collect podcast episode number 28 presented by believe podcast network. This is a pretty special episode for me. Reason being I'm attaching a interview slash discussion with two friends of mine by the name of Jordan, who is the owner of game time sports cards and collectibles here in Albuquerque, New Mexico and Ryan Maxwell, who is the head of baseball operations for the Albuquerque isotopes and also my boss and we talk all things in the hobby world. I mean, this 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 interview slash discussion is going to be full of all kinds of things from we're going to be talking about the 12.6 million dollar Mickey Mantle card, the evolution between, you know, new product and vintage product, the way the hobby has really changed over the years and It's great to get these guys' perspectives because between them is at least 50 years in collecting. I'm nowhere near that, at least between them. And they both, you know, have their own things they collect and they talk about it. So, without further ado, don't want to have you guys waiting any any longer. But here is the interview slash discussion with Jordan and Ryan. I'm here at Game Time Sports, Jesus, Game Time Sports Cards and Collectibles in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm joined here with the owner, guy who runs the place, knows everybody in town, Jordan. And I'm also joined by Ryan Maxwell, head of baseball operations for the Albuquerque Isotopes, also known as my boss. (laughs) Hey guys, how's it going? This is Jordan. What's up? had to get you guys both on for one reason mainly talk hobby baseball but to get your guys's take on the 12.6 million dollar mickey mantle card because between honestly between you two 50 plus years collecting experience i would assume yeah sounds about right because jordan you you've you've been collecting since you were about how old
1: uh, I, st- I was around seven and I've been I started off at a real young age going to like grocery stores and then flea markets and expanding with the local card shops here getting to know them and then through experience and time was able to branch off on my own and do mall shows and the guys at mall shows and then eventually went to the next level and here I am today
0: so yeah, and then your card shop is undoubtedly the most popular in Albuquerque. Everybody
1: comes here. I appreciate that. You know, I like to think the experience and the, the experience is what you get here and just the appreciation of everybody coming and spending time and having a good time. You know, that's what it's the, all about. Then the feeling, the vibe
0: that everyone gets that everyone comes in the store. It's like a safe space. Everyone collects whatever it may be. Absolutely. Baseball cards, pops, comics, Pokemon, whatever. But you have it all. And also Ryan, known you for a couple of months already, but you're vintage guy. I mean, new stuff, not so much, but you're all vintage.
2: Correct. For me it's basically all about the memories at this point. I started collecting when I was a kid like Jordan. I think my first hardcore memory, dated memory, made nineteen eighty nine, pulling Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie card out of the upper deck. So that's kinda how I date myself, but I know I collected before that but I don't know what I bought or where I got it from before then yeah. but uh, yeah I, mean, I like vintage stuff I still buy and open stuff from the 80's and earlier if I can afford it and, and uh, yeah, a lot of the modern stuff I don't really understand
0: yeah but I mean it, between us three it's regardless that we're all still classify ourselves as collectors and we're all just we're in this hobby we all love certain stuff we well, all we collect certain things, things
1: it starts off with me as a hobby and it always will be a hobby and then investment is second fiddle to me you know granted with the way sports cards are going these days and they've gone for a while it has went from a hobby to an investment as we'll talk about the mickey mantle card but to me it's always going to be a hobby and then investment and then probably third would be you know your business like
0: Right. If, if certain products and certain sports is doing good, it's better for you. you know, it gets people drawn in the store. It gets them like, hey, do you have Juan Soto stuff? Like, yeah, I do. Like, he's right over there. Do you have Trevor Lawrence stuff? Yeah. Like, a kid was just in here earlier with a Trevor Lawrence card. So it brings everybody in regardless. Absolutely. Yeah. So great. I mean, I get right into it. I just want to talk about the big one that just sold the – 1952 SGC 9.5 the tops Mickey Mantle rookie car that sold for $12.6 million to
2: value uh,
1: I love that it's sold I love because the thing is is us who has been into this hobby a long time has always wanted recognition to the sports cards um, on TV exposure like on ESPN on Fox or whatever it's on now that it's on TV and getting the exposure and recognition through social media and stuff, these people, uh, the people are um, seeing that there's value in this. Rather than back in the day, they would say it was strictly for kids to collect. Now it's gone mainstream to where there's celebrities doing it, promoting it. Uh, there's box breakers on YouTube. It's become a everyday thing now and that's an amazing thing because it keeps people coming back to a, your lcs your local card shop and it keeps them motivated when they see those expensive cards sell to continue on and continue on and get those boxes and buy the singles and grade them and stuff that is the most amazing feeling there is because it keeps our hobby going and going and going and it,
0: look so here here was my thing like when it sold for 12.6 million like, it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago when the Honus sold for, what was it, $7.25 million. And then in the hobby world, we all knew that this Mickey Mountain was coming up next. We just assumed that it was going to pass it. We just didn't think it was. Everyone thought it was going to go past 10. I honestly didn't think it was going to hit past 9. I think my prediction was like eight like three or something like that.
1: I didn't think it was going to go past 8 some as well, um, but they also did extend it so they can get more money out of it because they did see that it was consistent on climbing past the million-dollar increments. Um, Selling for 12.6 is awesome again, but then it worries me as well because this young generation goes into this hobby only wanting cards that are valuable, you know, and it's not all about what's valuable. It's about the appreciation to have any sports cards, you know,
2: I understand why the Mantle sold for that though but what I don't understand is why some of these modern cards sell for millions of dollars I mean so when the sale was announced it was all over news right not just card collectors but I had aunts and uncles texting me because they know I like to collect headlines and stuff and my uncle said you know I had these cards growing up and I put them in my bicycle spokes I said well since you did that that's why this card is worth so much money because it's so hard to find in mint condition back then they weren't Collectibles. They weren't valuable or investments. They were something that you trade with your friends and you wrote on. I mean, I have tons of cards from the 50s that have the team name scratched out because they either got traded or maybe the kid didn't like that team or whatever it is. (laughs) I love those cards. They don't bother me. I I think it makes them cooler, you know, because these kids loved and they hated and they, you know, they meant something to them. They weren't kept in safes or in, you know, loose sight, screw down. Things. They were they were something that were treasured and traded and, and collected, right. and, put it and in your pocket, rubber yeah. band, Michael said they put in his bicycle spokes. So, mm. so I mean that's why finding a card that is now seventy years old and mint condition to me that should be valuable. But pulling a two thousand whatever that you know somebody the company produced one of one, this is the the hard one to find. You know, and and people kind of fall for it, but. You know i know people collect different things I, i'm a vintage guy so i don't really understand a lot of the one for ones but you know in the few boxes i've opened the modern stuff <laughs> i find myself falling the same trap you know i'm like, oh, come on let's get that that super fracture let's get that you know whatever so
1: and it's funny going forward um yeah the 9.5 uh sdc 12.6 million will be interesting to see what the psa gem 10 sells for uh, upcoming but As time comes, and within the next two to five years, how many more 9.5s are going to surface out there? You know, how many more PSA Gem 10s are going to surface? You know, there's only two Gem 10s now, PSA. Yeah. But three to five years from now, who's to say there's not going to be 12 to 15 of them, you know? Being
0: that this is the first... Like SGC nine point five, and like I know that the PSA ten is rumored to hit the auction this year from Golden Auctions, right? Golden Auctions has it because they were showcasing at the National.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually selling it. Or they're trying to get the owner to sell it. I think the one they had was from the owner of the Diamondbacks, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, right. They, yeah. Yes, because um, one of our starting pitchers, that I stole Riley Smith, told me that the owner showed it to him. He yeah, had told me that. And they yeah.
1: Project that to be 30 mil, right? Yeah, I.
2: So I pulled the population report here. Out of all the Mickey Mantle cards graded by, of course, just this is just PSA, I'm not taking account Beckett or and any other ones. They've graded 1,496 card 311 Mickey Mantle 1952 tops cards. Only three have got a 10. Six have got nines. Unlike the other companies, uh, PSA doesn't do 9.5s. It's either a 9 or a 10. Um, and then there's still only 35 8s, 76 7s. And there's not a ton of cards out there. Not a lot of 311s out there. So, I mean, if you want this card and you want it at PSA 10, you only got three three choices right now. And yeah, I think it's going to be a $30 million card because I think a lot of people out there want that card. I think when you get to that type of money, it's not about investment or about, you know, whatever reason someone might spend that kind of money. I think it's just about bragging rights. I was about you know? to, I was
0: thinking the same thing. I think it's just about saying that I have that card and like.
2: Here's how much I spent on it.
0: Yeah. And not like, like flaunting it, like showing it in people's face, but like, if you want to see this card, you got to come to me. Like, I
1: don't know. Like, so the perspective is, do you guys think the $12.6 million card, the thirty projected $30 million card, does this help the hobby or does it help the investment? What I mean by that is do the kids and the young generation and my generation and the older generation come into this hobby as a hobby, as keep collecting assets, buying boxes, buying the singles, or do they stop that and say, hey, now I'm only looking for tens that are potentially these high dollar cards. What what happens? Does the mentality change, or does it stay? My point of view, I, I solely collect new stuff. You know that.
0: Ryan, you know that. I don't know vintage at all. I'm not going to say I don't. Like I don't know what's valuable in vintage. But I'm not going to go out of my way because this card sold for 12600000 million. I'm not going to go out of my way to go find some vintage stuff and grade it and be like, well, if I hold on to it for, what was it, 70 years, it's going to be $12 million. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way and do that. That's the investment gamble side of it. I don't do that. I collect for me.
2: Well, I think the difference between vintage and modern is if you go open – if we had a box of 1952 tops sitting in front of us right here that was in original condition, hadn't been touched, you know, with no moisture damage, no nothing, just nice and new, if you open those packs, the chances of finding a PSA 10 in any of the cards are going to be very low because the quality control back then was a lot different. I mean, they cut the cards, they're off center, the cuts are not, you know, the, the tools they use weren't very sharp. Uh, like OPG cards in Canada were cut with a wire, an oscillating wire. So, I mean, Nowadays, you get cards, and they're minty, they're fresh, you know, like, you expect a 9 or a 10 out of every card you pull out of a modern pack, right? Right. If you get, like, a card that's got a ding, you're like, oh, what the heck, you know? Yeah. But that was totally common, you well,
1: know? Not only is it going to be hard to find a gem 10 in those boxes, but it'll be hard to find a Mickey Mantle, because it's a high number.
2: Yeah. They dumped, supposedly, tens of thousands of those cards in the ocean, because uh, the first couple of series didn't sell very well, so Mickey Mantle's in the last series, mm-hmm. so... Um they took those that series and literally dumped them in the Atlantic Ocean because they didn't yeah want to like waste the money of of producing them and putting them out and shipping them out and stuff. So the high series numbers, the high series cards which is card um what 310 and above. Yeah. Um is really hard to find compared to the other ones, but I mean, you go open a box from 1985 and the corners are going to be Ding, ding, the edges are going to be fuzzy. I mean, they're going to be off-center. You're printing dots and defects that all you know, preclude a card from becoming a 10. Finding a 10 in any vintage card is super hard. But I feel like now in modern cards, the way they're produced, it's a different ballgame.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't have anything less than a 9 in a modern card, yeah. right? No. I mean, that's what everyone thinks because everyone thinks, oh, it's new, new yeah. cards,
0: new technology, you guys... Should be you know, switching your blades or whatever at the company production every day
1: so they can get a nice, clean cut. But it does happen because the people who sold the triple logo man LeBron, it was authenticated. Because someone might have saw, well, hey, it's not going to grade a 10 or a 9.5 yeah. because it was a thick card, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder. you know. But I'm curious, Ryan. On what you brought up earlier, as far as a vintage card selling for so much compared to a modern card selling for, home, uh, for so much, why is that? Do you think Jason Dominguez selling for four hundred thousand dollars one of one? Why do why do you think that sold for that kind of money when vintage Ricky Henderson gem ten doesn't sell for four hundred thousand dollars and Ricky Henderson has a I don't a even I don't even think gem ten four hundred dollars.
2: No, a, a Henderson. Gem 10 would sell for quite a bit of money, but uh, I don't understand the manufactured scarcity. I mean, to me, it's kind of... Uh, I mean, it's good marketing. It's good good tactics by the, the company, but, I mean, cards now, what's the average price of a, a new box of cards? Like a premium product, we you're going to find a, a card like that? I mean, hundreds of dollars, right? Thousands. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, 50 cents a pack, 35 cents a pack when I was really little. I mean, you could buy a whole box for under $20 and that was like, like I try to get my parents to buy the entire box it was always a no because mm-hmm. we're not spending $20 but now we got boxes out here I mean we were in here and that kid was probably 10 years old and he just dropped $400 I was like and oh, didn't man. get anything <laughs>
1: and left all the base cards here <laughs> if, yeah. you're li- if
2: you're listening I'm sorry buddy yeah <laughs> it's
1: amazing how that works because I've always wondered that in this hobby where you have these up and comers like uh okay Luka Doncic great player fan favorite man mm-hmm. he's he's amazing right but your one of one goes in a private sale $4. Some million dollars which is a logo man and it's a rookie out of Flawless but that logo man that's on that card is not game used because it, player it, one. I mean is it a game used card because usually the rookie cards that come out I don't know with Flawless because that product comes out late in the year so maybe but most of the time like RPAs out of Certified the those patches on them aren't game used because they're photo shoot they haven't even played for it to be a game used card. No, their rookie year, so it's not game used. So why would those kind of cards, because they haven't been game used, be worth so much money? You know, it's 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 amazing how they come up with that. You know, so
2: I think anything produced in the past twenty years should not be anywhere near the price of a Mickey Mantle rookie card or a um, you know any of the vintage cards that are known as like the gold standard you know the leaf babe ruth or the honus wagner t206 i mean those are valuable like honus wagner was not really you know you think of famous baseball players you don't think of honus wagner you, you don't think, think of, think of, of mickey mantle and right. babe ruth and stuff like that but honus was rare because whatever the reason was he didn't want his image on a tobacco card mm-hmm. whether he was anti-smoking or just wanted some money uh he had the card pulled and that's why it's so valuable it's so rare exactly so that's why that card's rare. I mean, per, making one of one of something, you know, I could go sign a baseball and say, hey, this is a one on one Ryan Maxwell signed baseball, but it's not going to be worth a million dollars. Right. And people say, well, you know, you're not LeBron James, you're not Luka Doncic or whatever. Yeah. You know, it,
1: it, it's funny because how it's so valuable and they haven't had that resume. You know, that's why I've always, I'm always asked would you prefer an autograph or a prime patch? And it depends on what player and it depends what era. Because I've always told people, I would get that prime patch. And they're all really over the autograph? Why? The autograph is the autograph. I said, well, exactly what you said. The autograph is the autograph. The autograph can be used, they could sign the back of a phone case, a receipt, a napkin, when you run into them at the airport, whatever. They sign anything, right? Anything and everything. The prime patch, that stuff, that back in the 2000s to mid 2000s, 2010, that stuff was all game used. It would say it on the card. Today, Panini and Tops now, but Panini is famous for not from any specific game, event, or season. Right. Right? And with the new Donruss, they came out with a Babe Ruth little back card. It oh, said yeah. not from any specific season, game, event, or season, or player on the front of this car i saw that
2: so may not even be a babe ruth no. you exactly. know that we don't know who
1: or what that came from right could have been a stadium seat or what so i'm telling you that prime patch from that era game used. let's say tom brady with the logo of the the head the patriot head right pat patriot the flying elvis that is far more desired to me or should be to a lot of collectors than an autograph because Panini and Tops will lose the license to getting the game used up. That will run out. The autographs will always still be there, whether they're going to be on card or sticker. If they're on sticker, there's going to be more. So I mean, it's it's something to think about.
0: And then the other thing that comes into when it comes to new product is that a lot of times it's not even what the product. Is it's of, but of who it is though, like that Luca one that when he was hot in the streets, that's why it sold for over four million dollars. And then, like, no more like Patrick Mahomes, like his card sold for
1: what was it like three point something? Yeah, and Luca sold more, which is crazy. And on the question I asked you guys earlier in the day, what has Luca done? Granted, he came in what 20, 2018. Oh. Eight, I think it was 18. 2018? Yes. It was the year after Okay. Mahomes. So he's played 2019, 2018, 19, 2020, 2021, 22. Okay, he's played four years, right? What, what will he do or when will he do it to even be compared to Dirk Nowitzki?
2: No.
1: You know, Dirk Nowitzki has one championship, great player, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. We'll have a statue in Dallas. <laughs> but... Will Luca become that? Will Luca fill those shoes? As far as the fan favorite, he's there. But will he be that championship guy? Will he be that longevity guy?
2: Well, back more to your point. You said Jason Dominguez card? I mean he's not even didn't even have that bat in the big leagues yet. He's not even in double A. He's not even triple A. I mean So people are prospecting, they're hoping that this guy becomes the next Derek Jeter or, you know, big name, but Go through the Hall of Fame and see how many guys were taken in the first round, or let alone the first pick of the draft. It's not very many guys. Like, Kane Griffith Jr. is one of the first people, I think, to get elected into the Hall of Fame as a first-round pick. I mean, projecting these guys over a 20-, 30-year period is insane. It's Especially crazy. when you're signing these kids out of the DR for, you know, they're 15, 16 years old. It's, and you you know, anything could happen to this kid in, the, you know, in his life.
0: That's what happened with Jason Lominguez. He was signed... I think he was from the DR because he was hot. Like it was when it, 2019 when his pro, when his uh, card and autograph hit the the shelves, it was going crazy. And that that one of one autograph, the Super Factor, was real sought after.
2: So if he was 16 when that card came out, he may not be in the big leagues for five or six years. I mean, a lot could happen in five or six years. You know, maybe he gets fat and lazy, and yeah. you know, and doesn't have the drive.
1: Maybe you know. You know uh, the, and this happens to a lot of players where they prospect them, like Jose Abreu. You know, everybody was going crazy over that yeah. guy, right? Who's another one? Yasiel Puig. Yeah.
2: The Cubs. Where's Yasiel Puig season, today? Saya, the, the guy He's from uh, Mexican Japan, ball. came in first two weeks of the season. Was just hitting the cover off the ball. Was on a tear. And make oh, this guy's going to be like Hall of Famer. And I saw some of his game-used items. You know, his jerseys were selling for tens of thousands of dollars. I like, guess guys got two leaks in the big leagues. Let's, let's get some scattering pour on him. Let's let the pitchers adjust, and it happened, you know. He's not even an all-star now. I mean, he's, he's, I think, finished the season strong, but he went from, you know, people in Chicago saying this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer to you know, most people around the league don't even know who he is. So right. I think the money that, on these young people and these young you know these new cards is insane i mean if i give you a million dollars but all you could do is spend it on you know a couple of big ticket items are you are you buying modern product for modern players i mean
1: it's rare it's I, rare that yeah. i buy modern players like that I'd really you know have, and it all started in 2010 when steven Strasburg, that super oh, factor yeah. that came out sold for 17k
2: how many of that card's worth now Nothing because his contract is horrible right
1: now. Maybe six k. So, I, I know the guy who owns it. Do you? It's been sold. It's been sold, traveled around, resold five different times from the seventeen thousand dollar first one. The reason why he bought it is the story, and it, that's yeah. why it's so sought after because of the story. It was the main first one-on-one super superfractor.
2: I was in the clubhouse when he made his debut with the Nationals and the Yankees were in town, and the game was on TV, and it was crazy to see all these huge names sit down on the couch, and they were laughing, and, like, they, they were just like, how can this guy throw this hard and be this good? You know, I mean, they even were talking about Hall of Fame guys talking about how good this kid was. So I remember the hype. You know, hype was real.
1: Hype, hype's real. But, Hideo Nomo had hype.
2: But doing that for one season, two seasons, three seasons, but doing it for 20 years is a whole different story to be the Hall of Fame you, you can't have two or three good years you need
1: mm-hmm.
2: 10 15 20 years to be a Hall of Famer and then then I think maybe your car should be worth something yeah. but I don't know I mean if someone buys that Jason Dominguez card, how much you say it was 400? Over $450,000 I mean what if he never develops into what they think he can develop into that guy's sitting on a $400,000 paperweight mm-hmm. it's insane to me but Babe Ruth Mickey Mantle Michael Jordan resumes. I mean, I could buy a game used Michael Jordan jersey, a Babe Ruth game used Beth that's got documentation, photo matching jersey, also. I could buy a jersey, I could buy all these things
1: for the price of that
2: for the price of what Jason Dominguez card is selling for. Mm -hmm. You know, you could buy Jordan's game worn shoes, photo matching, provenance. You know, I mean, you're not well, these were likely used. No, we have proof that these shoes were used in this (laughs) NBA Finals game. They're selling. Way less than somebody like Jason Dominguez rookie card.
1: It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Makes you
0: think. Uh, so I got a, I got a uh, question for you. I mean, I know because I mean I'm in the shop like all the time. But people do. How often does it when people come in when a player gets hot during a baseball during a baseball season a player gets hot? How often does it happen when people come in? They're not looking for anything else but just that player. The next day. Exactly. That's just how it, it, even hype works, even during season. Mm-hmm. And that's like the point of this podcast is that it, it fluctuates up and down. Who's up right now? Judge, Otani, <clears throat> Pujols, holes. holes Even guys that are you know that mm-hmm. are that are looking to be you know potential MVPs that people didn't really care about them like a couple like years ago. Paul Goshman. he might win Triple National Crown. League MVP, Triple Crown, but. Then you have people who were here early, like years earlier, looking for Tatis. Like, where's he at? And then now, again, where's he at?
1: Big old trouble. He's a homeless users podcast. It's funny because it's all stock market. You know, that's why I always promote you guys. When the kiddos come in or the adults come in that say, oh, I want to start getting back into collecting because I used to collect 10, 15 years ago and stuff, I said, well, it's awesome, man. It's a great time to do it because cards are down online, they're affordable and stuff, certain ones. And I always tell people, just do it as a hobby. It, it, we came into this as kids as a hobby. Let's continue it as a hobby because once you start grading, and I'm not saying don't grade, I'm not saying don't look at it, the money value of it, okay? Because that is part of the fun, okay? But what I'm trying to promote is, look, go into it as a hobby because I, I don't like for someone to come by that expensive box because they saw the YouTube video or they saw this big card yeah. and what oh. they can get and they rip the box in the store and they don't get what they see on TV. And they get discouraged and they, they leave all hurt saying, oh, I spent thirty hundred dollars And then they don't want to collect anymore. They don't want to collect no more. You know, you can't look at it as value because the fine print of value is once you grade it, you just slap the price tag on it no matter what you because if you wanted it graded you just slapped the price tag on it there's fine print to that you got to find the card okay if it's a super short print you still have to find it it's going to cost you money you got to grade it and you got to pray that it comes back gem 10 to be worth <laughs> that kind of money right the cost of grading yeah. if you want it back in two weeks that's express shipping that costs 150 bucks alone Your uh you're going to put declared value they're going to charge you for your declared value on top of it insurance so insurance your overnight shipping registered mail signature confirmation you're going to want all that but once it comes back if it doesn't come back a 10 it comes back an 85 guess what you're discouraged you lost money it's not yeah. a damn 10 so it ain't worth what they said on t or whatever you know yeah. so the odds of getting that 10 are harder than they make it out to be
2: yeah everybody thinks that every card from a pack is going to be a 10 no chance. But, I mean, like I said earlier, vintage stuff is a very <laughs> low chance.
1: And I never, when people come to me and say, What do you think of gray, Jordan? I never say a 10, and I rarely say a 9.5. That I is really nine. true.
0: I, you've never said a 10 to anybody. I, I wouldn't. That is so true. Because yeah. I've been around a, here a lot when people say, What do you think of gray? And then you'll take your, you know, your little the eye scope and you'll look at it, and you've never said a 10. And you, said, you always say, At best. At Not best, like, yeah. It'll be a 9.5. Like, no, dude, At best. Nine, five. If it comes mm-hmm. back lower, well, I said at best.
1: So you can't, like, you. they can't blame you. Cannot you cannot predict a 10 because then that's the, the way people think. A lot of people think is they expect that 10 because I said it was going to be a 10. No, it's not going to be a 10, 9, 5 at yeah. best, but possible 9. Well, that's what it's going to be.
2: Grading in itself, people understand, is subjective, right? hmm You know, what you see and what I see may be slightly different. So depending on the grader, you get, one grader may say, Well, this merits a nine. Next grader may, well, this you know, this has this issue. Maybe it's an 8
1: mm-hmm. You
2: see something the other guy didn't see. So grading can be subjective, subjective.
1: Absolutely. So you, you, I've had cards yeah. where that had dimple dots on them, real bad. Bad dimple dots on the surface. And the card came back a nine five on the surface. Yeah. I've also had the Brady one of five emeralds, flawless. Um I took it to the show in Dallas and the head of Beckett Grading was there and told me if you regraded it, it'd be an 8.5 instead of a 9.5 because the grader missed this, this and this. And I'm like, wow, okay. So
2: I think grading, I like to grade because I like to be on the registry and I like to have my cards protected and I think it looks cool in a slab. But I don't, I think collecting to grade, like you said, you know, is not a good idea, value and stuff like that. Um, You should just collect what you love. It just—if you start collecting, expecting tens, nines, whatever, you know, you're going to be disappointed. and You're going to be heartbroken, like you said, and it's going to—you'll get burnt yeah, out. Exactly, you'll
1: get burnt out.
0: Yeah, like you said, Ryan. Now you collect for, or you grade for you because you like the way it looks. That's why I grade. I've sent cards with you, Jordan. I collect, I grade mainly through Beckett because I like the way the card looks slapped. I like how it looks. I like the shine it gives off when it's in my room and it's displayed and, and it's, it's got protected. a gold 9.5 and it's yeah it's you know protective If it has an autograph I know it'll be it'll be fine that's why I like to grade like all my cards that I have graded will probably never go anywhere yeah. they'll probably stay with me
2: mm-hmm. if you have box cards in your house and the pipe breaks and you get a leak you know and your your collection gets soaked yeah. well it's on a slab it should be fine you know slab hypothetically could be underwater and be fine so it's just like an added level of protection when you're moving around showing people you don't have to worry about somebody dropping or something like that you know if i've dropped cards i know graders drop cards too because it's human nature right? you can't handle a thousand cards a day and not drop one every now and then mm-hmm. so i like having things on a slab it just uh, it helps but uh, don't uh, click to slab
1: right exactly because you'll Depending on the time when sports cards are down in the market you know it happens you know it's like stock market goes up goes down gas goes up goes down um you spend five thousand dollars on that card at its peak and then literally hey we get popped for steroids oh on the dl oh whatever that card goes down 35 to 50 percent and guess what it doesn't hurt me it don't hurt you it hurts the buyer it hurts the buyer because they're like, "Oh, I spent five thousand on this." I know Fernando Tatis collectors who come in, looking for cards of him, no matter what, because they collect him. And when this happened to him, they were like, "Oh man, I just bought this online, and then this happens." I'm like, "You know why that happened? Because you can't. You went into it looking at the price tag.
2: Do, do you care?" Like, like I talked earlier about some of the vintage stuff, like the cards from the 50s are usually in really poor shape. That doesn't bother me. Like I said, like, the handwriting on them, tape marks, you know, kids just tape them in folders or on their wall. That stuff doesn't bother me. So, like, I'm trying to build sets of basically all the tops here. I've got through the 70s, I'm starting to work into the 60s and 50s, and I'm trying to buy from other collectors. They're always like, well, what kind of condition do you want? I'm like, condition doesn't matter. And they're like, well, everybody says that, but what do you really want? You want like near mint? And I'm like, no, I get. As long as I can see what the card is, you know. And, you know uh, why
1: it doesn't bother you? Because you collect. Yeah. You enjoy it.
2: Yeah, it's not. I'm not trying to flip it two years yeah, down the road exactly. and double my money. I want to have it for the rest of my life.
1: And the handwriting, yeah, it's a bad thing. When I see cards that have pencil on them, you <laughs> yeah. can, no matter what, you cannot take pencil off. Yeah. No matter what, dry little magic eraser, it does not happen. I've seen people try. Right. But to appreciate that character that someone gave that card, I've had um, 48 Leafs come cut in all four corners with the names cut off and i'm like why did you do that mm-hmm. oh my god my dad did it so the cards would fit in their wallets <laughs> yes right? <So> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no but then it, at the same time when you don't look at it as value it gives a character right yeah. it's yeah. like it's cool because that person didn't look at it as value either he just looked at it as all his cards he made them fit in his pocket and that was the way to do it right you know it, it's 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 crazy it's Hmm. That's why I always say live, love the hobby. Try not to view it as an investment. Just use that as a perk. Yeah. You know, because you're going to buy stuff. And if you buy stuff, just enjoy it for what it is. Collect players. If you're a set builder still, that's awesome as well. But just love it. And then when you do get that card, Mac Jones, someone brought in the other day that they got out of seven out of first off the line break. They got it was in the break for 300 bucks. Well, the card number seven, we're going to send that out to BGS, so come back 995. Boom. That's when you can look at it as that investment because, yeah. hey, you have this in that box. That was the only team available, right? It was You got the draw of the Patriots. Boom. So you made money. That's a perk. But when you specifically go spend the thousands and thousands of dollars on the case and don't get something like that, which it happens, it's discouragement. So I, I never promote that. Never promote looking at it as an investment because sometimes it doesn't always work. So
0: last, like, two little questions for you guys before we get out of here. Um, Last final thoughts on the Mickey Mantle 12.6. Do you think, what do you think the PSA 10, if it goes up to auction this year, what do you think your number is that it'll go for?
1: Well, Ken Golden likes to promote the heck out of these cards. That dude, okay. okay, he he says this this next promotion will be all oh, the greatest card ever made all oh, the greatest he'll do that he'll
0: have so models that, out there like he did for the flawless thing with with Lebron yeah.
1: right he's
2: really good at that stuff he's he's <laughs> yeah. amazing at it now, I yeah. like King
1: golden because he's very knowledgeable and he's been in it since forever you know he used to be on the shop at home
2: and he I used to email him back when I was more of an autograph guy and and stuff like that and I would email him and he'd respond personally to me you know a very busy guy he's successful a lot of money and stuff like that but when he's responding to clients like me via email i mean i think he's, he's pretty like, nice he's sure. grinding his ass off he deserves it mm-hmm. you know he's, he's not just you know smoking and, and mirrors yeah but he, he's good at the promotion stuff that's not really my style like car sales and stuff but <laughs> it works if you're yeah. selling through him you like it right
1: to answer your question i'll go
0: 36.5. 36.5 million. Yep. Ryan, what's what's your number? What do you think the PSA 10 will sell at?
2: I don't know. I I predicted almost dead on the 9.5. because I, I I knew there was a 20% buyer's premium and I thought it would sell over 10 million like right around 10 that someone wants to at that magic number just a hey, look at me number, you know. I didn't think it was going to sell for 6, 7, 8. I th- I thought for sure 10. And then that 20% buyer premium put it to 12. But <laughs> I mean, at 10, I have no idea. I mean, you're basing some of these other sales off of prior sales. Like, well, the Honus Wagner went for seven, and this card's more sought after. There's only three copies of the the, PSA 10. So, I don't know. First
0: one to hit the market, too. The first PSA 10. They've all been
2: private sales and long-time acquisitions, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, how much does a Picasso or a Monet go for? Hundreds of millions? So priceless. So, I think Jordan's probably pretty accurate. I'd say i was going to say something in the 20s but i could see it going over 30. i mean ken golden's really good at he does if he gets his hand on this car to sell
1: and it's been on it's at every show right they've shown it at the national yeah. and, yep. and there's only very very few what yeah. two? Three. Two? Three. Three. Is Is three? three. and
2: ken said he uh he offered the guy 15 million or something like that himself for his own personal collection and he got turned down oh, yeah. so so yeah definitely over 20 then yeah
1: 36 point, i think between 36 and 42 yeah I think it'll go somewhere around there do you think because it's worth it absolutely that's an even better question oh yeah definitely it's a 10. really it's a 10 there's only three so that's the most iconic card ever would, even over the Hannes wagon. would
2: you take like the triple logo man no and the Brady and all that added together you'd rather have the, the Mickey Mantle 10.
1: oh well <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I think the thing too all makes sense to me. makes sense.
1: If I'm looking at it from the investment point of view, the Mickey's it. If I'm looking at it as what would I rather have? Well if you give me a nine, five, ten playoff contenders championship (laughs) ticket, Brady uh the exquisite uh MJ Kobe LeBron triple logo man one of one getting close right <laughs> or, See,
2: or, I'm smart I think I'm, I'm a very smart collector I collect Ryan Sandberg his most expensive card is 1983 OPG and PSA 10 you're capped at 5 grand I mean you can't go any deeper than that so right. so, uh, uh. so I, there, there are no million dollar cards on my PC so. I,
0: don't, I, I have I'm been stretching into the thousands for like like I can count my ones in one hand but I don't think I'll ever spend that much money ever. So, no what more. do you
1: think? What do you think it'll go for?
0: I, I think it'll. Damn. If I had a quick number, I'm gonna say twenty twenty-two point five million dollars. Twenty-two point five million dollars. Let's look at it this My way: guess.
2: What can twenty-five million dollars buy you? like a Bowen seven thirty-seven. A minor league baseball team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a pretty nice house.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I mean, I don't know. I
0: real quick, this this is the way I say. It. Like if I even if I had the twelve point six lying mm-hmm. around, like I it splurge money. Like I was, I'm able to splurge it.
2: So if you're like the co-owner of Microsoft and you got yeah. five hundred million, billion dollars, I d- even I.
0: I still don't think I would buy that card. Not because
1: oh, it's Mickey Mantle, Yankee. Okay. No, so like n- no, no, no. no. Because I'm okay. not. So because you're, you're a multi-millionaire, five hundred million. No, no, no. no I, I didn't
0: say more. Mul- I just said if I had the twelve point six lying around, well, like let's say I had some money. Only you know, people. In- <laughs> All right, okay, no, I had it lying yeah, around. Would yeah. <laughs> I really want to spend it on that? I mean, because I, like I've, I'm not that type of collector. Like I. I understand the value of it, the significance of it, who it is, what it is, the year,
1: everything. Okay. You're a sports card collector. Yes, you collect modern. Okay. Yes. Yes, you have an amazing job of this and that. You live your life around baseball. Yes. You play baseball on Sunday. Yes. Okay. You have three mil- three million, $300 million in your account. Someone flashes you an uh, SGC 95 Mickey Mantle fifty two tops three eleven right in front of your face. Say, "Give me $12.6 it's
2: Is no for you, dog? I think on account, oh, honestly, it. Honestly, it would still be
1: a no. Like, would I? I wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah, would
2: I, if I had that kind of money. So here's what it takes: it takes two very rich guys. Like Elon Musk is a he's an asshole, but if he wants this car for some reason, I don't think he's a car collector. Have it. He doesn't care how much it goes for. It. That's what's happen. weird. That's you what's need weird two of those though. guys to go for it, and yep. then it's going to go hundred million dollars. That's that what's means.
0: weird to me. How, why isn't it that I know like this nine point five hasn't been said of who bought it yet. I don't know if they ever will, but why isn't like millionaires out there actually buying it?
1: Because they want to save it. Well, What if the funny thing was who's a sports card collector? Josh Donaldson, Mike Trout. What if Mike Trout bought it? He could. Yeah, Aaron Judge could
0: buy it when he gets his new contract. Who was
2: who was the former player that clicked all the PSA tens? Dimitri Young.
1: Dimitri Young. Yeah,
2: I mean he and he got in the right time. You know he was doing it when it was relatively cheap. You know, yep. I mean that guy. I think he sold most of his collection off, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he sold it now, post pandemic, he could have really made some.
1: Man, what's crazy yeah. if I had three hundred million dollars in my account, I'd go for the Gem Ten. Yeah. Why? I, because not the investment part of it, but just the nostalgia nostalgic yeah. part of it man oh who would not want a 52 tops Mickey Mantle that's the holy grail right aside from the Hondas Wagner that's like oh my god and then in that grade whoo man I, I got that it. would be wow
2: so in the 90s Mr. Mint found a case of 1952 tops I wax boxes him. let's say you had a box a high number box a 52 tops would you rip it no
1: that's smart
2: though so i collect unopened. that's That's like my heart of my collection is unopened material boxes packs
1: but it depends how i look at it if i'm looking at it from behind the counter no if i'm looking at it from the collector which i should which i've been preaching of course i would but but it depends how you get that box if you're given that box right you know you have nothing to lose but if you had to go purchase that box just from the gamble well, i'd rather have it sealed so earlier you're
2: talking about stuff coming out of the woodwork still years later i mean you got to think somewhere in this country you know they they find rare automobiles in barns which it's an entire car sure. i just misplaced an entire car for 40 years <laughs> you think somebody has a box of 52 tops baseball cards and Yes. basements or their attic and they have no idea. Yes. And that box now, if it was a verified high number box, I mean I gotta think that'd be a hundred million dollar box. Of it'd, course. Be the, it'd probably be the most valuable collectible in in the hobby. Absolutely. You know what?
0: And I think you're right. I think it would be a hundred million dollars, not because of what's in it. Everyone knows yeah. Mickey Mantle will be in it. Mm-hmm. but it's because it's sealed, unopened. Mm-hmm. It's right. what it is. You it's may have a 10 in there. It's hidden in there. It's been untouched. Yeah.
1: It's it you may it have a train, seventy years, and you years. may have two or three or four Mickey's in there.
2: So I, I collect unopened, and that's the first thing people always say, well, why is this box worth $500? The top card you get out of there is only worth 100 Well, it's not...
0: The principle? The, is, the is The card. The it's
2: not the value of the card. So yeah, finding certain products is very hard to find open, unopened. I mean, you could find and there's thousands of cases still of like 1988 Fleer and Donnerus, but to find something old, like you know, a 1972 Topps baseball box that's been sealed for you know however many years, it's just it's just it's worth more than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. because of the f- rarity of having it unopened. Like, how could someone have that box in possession for 40 years and not open it? Right. So now I would never open that because of the rarity and the coolness of it.
1: Well, when but you look at it, they find what T two hundred six Honest Wagner's one surfaces uh, one new one surfaces a year two. Yeah, the nuns found one. There was one in the coffee can. There was one over here in Dad's old grand Grandpa's old attic. It happens, <laughs> right? It happens. Those
2: are all low grade too, right? There's no there's no tens of that card out there, are there? Mm-mm. Let me look at no. the pop report here. But
1: so
0: back to like the sealed stuff. Remember when? because I, I was in this car shop when it happened, when Mosaic came out for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll bet you people that have that product that were buying it just to have it sealed, what are the chances do you think that some of those boxes are still sealed? Oh, a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of them out Cause there. Because now so, like oh, new yeah. product people are doing that yeah. now, especially oh, yeah. when certain rookie quarterbacks might be in there.
1: 2011-2012 MDA Prism. Right. That was the first year of Prism and I know someone in roswell who has and five then, cases and then that, what is so. that
0: the year for brady's prism 14 huh? was 14 brady's
1: the first year for prism football fourteen. Uh, no it was 20, 2012 and that was right and then that was ryan russell wilson's rookie
0: that's right and then the sought after one of them is brady right his like the, the, the silver. silver the, the silver, silver yeah, yeah okay
1: but then that's when they had Walmart exclusive blues, and then the Targets had reds. Right. You know, so even those are even more.
2: So if someone's listening, I got a case of uh, nineteen ninety three Top's finest basketball.
1: It's a good case, Stone. First yeah. year of finest it's only, factor, Finest one per box. is so nice. Only too.
2: three, only three boxes in the case, but to find. It's not hard to find an, ob- an open box of that product. To find a case sealed, you know, is super mm-hmm. hard. So, I, I think that's cool. So, like, oh, yeah. I think things in their original, you know, state are really cool. Sure.
1: That's where, and that's all a whole different field, right? You got Garbage Pile Kids sealed boxes. Series 1 and 2 are fortune. Series 3 and through 15 are very valuable, but 1 and 2 are. And then another thing, another realm of collecting that a box was
0: potentially sold to a famous YouTuber, he opened it and it turned out to be G. fake. Joe. <laughs> yeah, the G.I. Joe cards in right. the Pokemon case. It's amazing. And it was he was pissed.
2: So, mm. I'm a huge BBC supporter of Steve, the owner of that company, and that whole thing angers a lot of my fellow collectors because of the negative publicity that Steve got. Mm-hmm. But... He should never have graded that box because it wasn't a product he's real familiar with.
0: Well, so you heard about it? Oh yeah, I oh, okay. That
2: was huge. I mean, I mean, my ninety-five percent of my collection is unopened material. So, and so yeah, you're and mobile. probably you know all my boxes, and my rack packs are are wrapped by BBC. So if they lose their reputation, I can you know a lot of my collection goes down without like quite a bit because <laughs> it's all authenticated by them. But I mean, he is an amazing human being. If you email him like right now and ask him a question. He'll reach out to you. He has no idea who, who you are. You've never talked to him. He'll respond to you and answer any questions you have. Um, he's been doing this for a long time, and knows more than anybody I've ever met. Like he knows what cards should appear on top of a cello pack versus the back and can't appear in like the first, second, third cell of a rack pack. I mean, the guy's knowledge is, is incredible. And then he made the mistake of agreeing to authenticate a box that he wasn't really wanting to and then kind of got talked into it. And I, a lot of us have a suspicion that Logan Paul knew the situation going into it. I just try to like, gotcha moment. You know, I was trying to, I think Logan Paul knew the whole thing. That's so, the
0: stuff that I don't like about the hobby.
2: Yeah. People like, I mean, I don't know yes. who Logan Paul is. I don't know why he's famous or why he has money, but, and I'd never watched the video with him, but what he did to Steve really, really hurt me.
1: So, so do you think the celebrities and the rappers and the Logan Pauls and all this, do you think they're the clickbait of the hobby? Of course,
0: 100%. Why did everyone want to watch that flawless, the the cases break with Drake and Ken Golan right there next to him with the models that he had (laughs) because of the logo man LeBron, and they didn't even pull it. But it jacked up the prices and made every breaker out there jack up their prices like Blez, which I, I don't like those guys. The Blez brothers don't like them. I don't know if you guys know of them. I don't even
2: know who you're talking about.
0: I don't like them. They're annoying. Whatever. But they jacked up their prices and it never got pulled. It was some random dude pulled the LeBron. And I get back to earlier in
1: big bad breaks, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Back to where it's like earlier in the in, uh, when we were recording now, you said that they didn't even grade it for a grade, yeah, it was just authentic. authenticated. Mm-hmm. So like that whole celebrity thing, bringing in people to try to sell people to, I don't like that. Like that just,
1: I just don't, I, I don't. You know, and I kind of liked it, like it because as a youngster growing into my teenage years and young adult life, uh, young adulthood, I always wanted the exposure of sports cards. I always did it on TV we didn't have social media at the time, but I always right. wanted it to be recognized, not as for the value like it is now like flawless $40,000 bucks before the logo man was pulled never. I wanted it to be ex- exposed as okay, this is not just for kids. This is for everybody. Right? You know, so I kind of like the celebrity thing in it because it keeps it growing, I guess. Yeah. But for the hobby sake.
2: Yes. I may not like the people saying the things they're saying, but it's good mm-hmm. for us all overall. Yeah. So, I know we keep saying we're gonna shut the, shut this thing down. Yeah, well. I know. <laughs> like uh, twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Hopefully, if my wife listens to this. She'll understand. Uh, <laughs> Honus Wagner, T two hundred six PSA has graded thirty two examples. Wow. That's
0: true. Okay. So the mantle is so that fifteen hundred. Right, and then that's where you because you were saying earlier before recording that you were thirty-two in existence heard there was right now. but the in print run I think is like seventy, wasn't it? Is that what I'm
1: what I'm thinking? It, changed, it, back it then, changes. Huh? It changes all the time. Okay, well, go ahead.
2: Here, here's what. Here's what's going to delay us another half hour as we talk about this. No tens, no nines. The highest is an eight. Let's well, say Golden sells the Mickey Mantle PSA 10, 32 tops. In the same auction, they put up the eight, Honus Wagner. Which one goes for a higher amount and why?
0: Okay, we'll make that the final question to end this this episode.
2: So, so, an eight, the mantle. It's not for sale yet?
0: I don't know. I mean. But they graded it.
2: Keep in mind, so listen to this no nine, no ten, one eight, no seven, no sixes. Oh, shit. So, only one high grade card, only one above a five.
1: And what, It's an eight. What,
2: what's it graded by? PSA. I mean this is PSA that's, PSA. that's their pop so report so there's
1: an 8 Hannes Wagner out there mm-hmm. PSA eight? yes that'll go higher than the gym 10. that'll be 50. that'll go higher than a gym 10 Mickey Mouse.
2: so I wonder who owns that I don't know if it's even common knowledge I mean is that something you could Google and find out who owns that
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't let anyone know I own it right that's just per- personally me because no matter what there's Mickey Mantles out there that are not graded yet there's Mickey Mantles out there that haven't been found yet there's a projected amount of Honus Wagners that they say exist. So there's very not many more that could be graded an 8 or even better. So that is beyond rare. There's Damn. tons of Mickey Mouse like, yeah, I did not know there was an eight
2: 1500 and again this I mean people don't understand grading. There's three big companies and a ton of smaller ones. The big 3 Beckett, SGC, and PSA. It. So the numbers we were discussing here all PSA because they're, they're the grandfather of the, the grading hobby. Yeah, I, would yeah, I say. like
0: Beckett, but PSA is the end all be all. Like, Unless it's a yeah. Beckett, but, uh, the pristine black label 10, Right. I think is a little more valuable than a PSA oh, yeah. 10, in yep. my opinion. So but PSA is end all be
1: all.
2: If I had to take one of those cards and I could not resell it, so just collectible only, I'm taking the mantle because it's a 10. So am I. So. Oh, wow. If it's a PC card to me and it's not a 10, I don't care what grade it is. I mean, like what I told you, I'm building my sets. I mean, obviously, I want nicer cards, but I'm not willing to pay for them because to me, I get the same enjoyment from the one with the writing on it from, you know, some eight year old kid 40 years ago. I would have an eight or nine, you know? Actually, the nine might bother me more because I'm like, gosh, I wish this was a 10. (laughs) You know? So I'm happy with the one. So, so, but but I think I would take the ten over. Plus, Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, Honus Wagner, Hall of Fame player, but he was known as an asshole. He was, he was.
0: Those stories out there, he's racist
2: too. Yeah, I mean, was, I, mean <laughs> I mean, everybody was racist in the yeah. 1908s So yeah,
1: but Mickey was that. I mean, class that guy. He really was just a face of America. I mean,
2: if you were growing up in the sixties and stuff, and you were a kid, I mean, everybody loved Mickey Mantle.
1: Switch hitter. Yeah. All around from oklahoma what would imagine if he didn't hit the sprinkler head so <laughs> sprinkler. Un- unbelievable so so my question for you guys is before we go this is it for me um one, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, if you can own one card one card for your pc what would it be
0: it would still be it, i big can't touch it i'll never touch it big it, poppy rookie it, no
2: who's big poppy
0: <laughs> Jeez, my god all right <laughs> It would be the 2014 uh, Topps Bowman, Bowman Chrome. It would be the Mookie Betts first Bowman autograph, number 50 of 50. It's gold. It's a grade of 9.5. Okay. That Here would be my number.
1: card. Cool.
2: Before I answer, I'm going to say that when Chris applied for a position with the Isotopes, he <laughs> put down Jordan's a reference. And I called Jordan. I go, hey, do you know this Chris guy? <laughs> He's like, what? No. What's the last name? I'm spelling it. He's like, no, I don't think I know that person. It's because Chris has a different name in this world. Yes. Yeah. Ryan calls me. Yeah, tell the story. It's funny.
1: Ryan calls me. I'm literally at the Texas show. Dallas show, Mm -hmm. March 6th, March 5th, something like that. And Ryan calls me and he says, hey, Jordan, how's it going? I'm like, good, man, just over here at the show. Um, and he says, yeah, um, Chris, something uh, <laughs> referred you, re, put you down as a reference. And I went, who? You Cast know, Chris, a non? <laughs> I, I Yeah. I like, I don't even know who yeah. that is. Yeah. And Ryan's all, you don't know who this Chris is? And I went, no. And then I was like, but you know what, Ryan? If you put me down as a reference, then he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> So when I hang up the phone and hours go by and I'm thinking, and then the next, when I get back, no, 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 no. I call Chris. You weren't back yet
0: when you called me. Yeah,
1: I wasn't back yet. I was in my hotel and I talked to him and I know Chris as Mr. Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) So when Mr. Red Sox tells me, hey, uh, Ryan called you. I put you down as a reference and I'm like, Oh wow! <laughs> I was like, oh, crit, crit. Oh wow! I said, why didn't you have him ask for mi- tell me put Mister Red Sox down? Then I put I'll down, down application. <laughs> so nine times out of
2: ten, something like that, I just throw your application in the trash. Yeah, <laughs> but, but for some reason, I called your second reference, and he knew you by your name. Okay, <laughs> so oh, so man. luckily we hired you, and you've been a great fit.
1: That's, so, that's hilarious. Awesome. But
2: my. Uh, I mean, if I could buy any one card, real. Um, I mean, I'd want that Mantle PSA ten. If, if not that, probably a Jordan PSA ten. If not that, uh, I, I have it. It'd be Sandberg eighty three OPG. Maybe maybe a nineteen eighty TCMA. It's a minor league card of Sandberg in a PSA ten. I don't know if they're out there. I don't. I have some lower grade the one ones.
0: Where, the the one in the photo of the three of them.
2: No, that's a Venezuelan one. Oh, okay, okay. I, I have Never that mind. card too. I don't know if there's any high grade cards of that one either I have some low-grade examples those Venezuelan cards are hard to find because most of them are stickers and sticker books so get to paste them in mm-hmm. so it's hard to find Venezuelan cards without the, the the tape residue or the glue residue or the sticker or whatever so but yeah I'd say 83 OPG Sandberg is my my favorite card that I had my PC that was my Grail card and I had a BGS Pristine 10 and I traded it and cash for a PSA 10 mm-hmm.
0: so was a good trade
2: uh, I mean most people say they are rather pristine, but um I talked to a, it I was actually at a show in Canada and the dealer said that the BGS was likely a sheet cut card, meaning somebody had a full sheet, cut it themselves.
0: What 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 subgrade gave it a ten? Which one was a nine point five?
2: No, it was a pristine ten, it's all ten grades. That means it was a
0: black label? No. All all, all ten subs are black labels. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of them was a nine point five yeah. and the other three were oh,
2: a ten. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Pristine, two of them can pristine. be 10 it's for sale on eBay right now the guy I sold to or traded to has, two, two of them
1: two subgrades can two be a 10 two 10s and two nine Let's look it. can up. be a 10 can be a pristine okay
2: but I wanted the OPG um, and a PSA for my my registry I wanted to have it for my Sandberg Rookie mm-hmm. registry so that's another one of those marketing floys that gets people but uh, it works
0: I think the PSA 10 is still better than that pristine 10 if it's not a black label I think PSA 10 is better
2: so, the dealer, you know, obviously, he's a Canadian dealer and was very knowledgeable in OPG cards, and I'm familiar with them being cut by a wire, which is crazy. So flared. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of high-grade OPG cards have really rough edges, and most people are like, well, how can this get a 9.5 or a 10? Look at, look at these edges. Like, well, it was cut with a wire, so they're all like that. So, this one just cut better than most. Huh. But, um, so he explained to me, like, yeah, look at this card. It's almost obviously a sheet cut card. PSA wouldn't grade that card. And, in fact, I tried a crossover, and it got rejected. So, um, here it is. It's a gold label. It was 10 centering, 10 corners, 10 edges, and 9.5 surface. That's what it was, Mm -hmm. the surface. 10 10 pristine gold.
0: 0.5 off of black label.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about BGS, but I'm sure somebody would explain that to me that I should have kept it. But if it's a sheet cut card, I don't want it. Because someone took a full factory sheet, which you can still find those out there, and then they just cut it themselves and submitted it. Mm. So...
0: I, th- well, I still I think the PSA ten is better.
2: My I, personal opinion. I, I, I like want, Becky.
1: personally for me I'd want the pristine.
2: Okay, would it bother you knowing it was a sheet cut card? No, and you just want the ten. I wouldn't tell
0: cut. anybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, mean, I knew. Uh, so, but I don't know what's. I mean, you have your you uh, have your card, but it's just not in the grade you want it.
1: No. Uh, I would want see a ten doesn't exist. It but no, not of the championship ticket.
2: See, I don't even understand that card. I actually asked Chris about yeah, this card. We saw it in, so a, in a book. I, so, so I, yeah, it was for one of the saw books. He rookie ticket. And
1: so, I was like, okay. I think so, Jordan. So right
2: I now. said they take an actual so, ticket from the game and no, 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 frame it? He's like, no.
1: <laughs> no playoff contenders it's a product now it's called uh, panini contenders but playoff contenders back in 2000 oh, playoff is a manufacturer okay. correct yeah. and so it's type of card that has that looks like a ticket mm-hmm. it has a seat number or whatever like a little replica ticket as it's design of the card
2: but it's just the design there's no actual ticket involved correct okay
1: so this card there's two thousand of them made for 2000. 1900 of them Well, all 2,000 were signed by Tom Brady, okay? This is football. 2,000 playoff contenders. 1,900 were signed, and 100 of them were signed championship ticket, which means it's a parallel of the regular one that has a foil on the surface instead of your base. So
2: he signed that after he won the Super Bowl?
1: 2,000. No. No. His rookie year. Okay. So it's before Super Bowl. So it's a rookie. So why is the championship just Just, gimmick? Championship tickets, the parallel, okay. Just of all, they have a I bunch think, of list. May, of I
0: think it adds more value because the year after he won the Pick, goal, pi- so it's like picture, oh, man. picture
1: your top space mm-hmm. and your parallel the refractor, your top chrome, okay, tops, tops chrome, yeah, okay, or your prism and your silver prism, get it, parallel base parallel. So there's a hundred of the championship ticket. So my holy grail would be. The championship ticket. I don't care if it's graded or not. Of it, well, I'd like it to be authenticated. Um, but yeah, that would. So you get the point. regular.
2: You want the one of a hundred. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And how much is a?
1: Uh, two. Uh, last one, seven point five or eight sold for two point eight million. Oh, word, millions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> for a car that's not legally get the drink. Well, actually, it is now. It is. Yeah, now. it's twenty-one years old yep. now. Yep. See, that blows my mind, though. I mean. 2.8. I mean, Tom Brady, obviously one of the best football players of all time, right?
1: No, the.
2: The. Sorry. <laughs> the. You're going to get him started, bro. But, I mean, this goes back to the middle. I just don't think that it's worth that kind of money.
1: I, I think Tom's undervalued, to be honest. And this is why. If I'm looking at it from values, okay, this is why.
2: As, a, as a, You're looking at it like a stockbroker look at stocks. Yes. No
1: emotions. Just. Yes. Just and, numbers. And, and as a statistic guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, This is why he's undervalued. Because if you have Hannes Wagner, sell for that kind of money, due to the rarity, you have Mickey Mantle, 52, uh, 52 tops, sell for that kind of money, even raw, okay? Yeah, granted, some of Tom's rookies go for extremely amount. But if you compare statistics, Those two guys couldn't hold the candle to what Tom has done in his career.
0: We can't do that. It's baseball.
1: I understand. But if you look not achievements. Achievements.
2: Like Michael Jordan's the go to basketball. Admit, it says LeBron James is an idiot. Sure. Do you think. Well, I'll ask Chris this question. (laughs) Is Tom Brady the go to football?
0: Yeah. 100%. I I like Tom Brady. But
2: I don't.
1: Don't even count Super Bowls. Just look at stats 22 years of stats. He leads in all quarterback stats. So people say, like.
2: People say, like, well, like Hank Aaron played for 20-something years. If Mickey Mantle played that long, he would have had these numbers, you know.
1: And that's true. Uh, if no, they would have valued you know, the stats. Important. But that's hard, though, because he didn't.
0: So, it, it, it like, it was like, like a what if.
1: But see, back in the day, day they didn't value the stats as important as no. they do today. And they say, they asked Mickey Mantle, if I would have known they would have took stats as serious as they did, I would have tried harder.
2: So one of my favorite things in baseball now is, is war. Cause it's a relatively, I think it's relatively accurate. When I look at great players and I look at war, you know, I think that's a true reflection of their performance on the field. I love looking back at MVP voting and looking at wars from those years and seeing like, well, I got it dead on this year, well, this year, they got it. Like I was looking at their day, I think it was 84 to see how Sandberg did. And somebody up there had a war of like 0.2 and got MVP votes. It was Steve Carlton. Great. Yeah. So
1: a lot of it has to do with do that popularity football? do they
2: have a war like a wins above replacement sure yeah uh, of a, course well i, I look
1: at it as this aaron Rodgers won the mvp last year i think rob tom brady got snubbed <laughs>
2: yeah aaron Rodgers. Is what what pack. is
1: the stat
0: for, for for
2: is there a war for, for
0: quarterbacks because in war and baseball it's wins above replacement which is like
2: zero is average if you're an average baseball yeah. player you're a zero if you're below average, you're negative WAR. If you're above average, you have a positive WAR. Yeah. If you have a WAR of eight, you're an MVP, an All Star. If you if you're a WAR of eight for multiple years, you know you're a potential Hall yes. of Famer type guy. But
0: like right now, the MVP race for the National League, Paul Goldschmidt is six is six point it's seven. Nolan Arenado, six point nine. Teammates. So that now everyone's like, well. Who's going to win MVP? If you want to go solely on war, it's Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. But Nolan Arenado, it has the same you know kind of little close to war, but his def- defense is significantly better than Paul Ghostman. So that's where I was like, oh, we got to put in defense to account. Okay, well it's kind of like, well you leave it up to who is actually voting for the guy. Yeah. So like in foot in, in football last year, because I know it was the whole thing, Tom Brady should have won. Well, the MVP. reason
1: why Tom didn't win is because Aaron Rodgers' intercept interception ratio. He only had four interceptions the whole year when Tom had more. But yeah. are you serious? Uh, they made the playoffs. I mean, that's where it really counts in the playoffs. Oh, because Aaron Rodgers had only four interceptions, he gets MVP, whatever. They lost to the 49ers. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, my... All I can say, you guys, is I appreciate you guys listening to us. Thank you for having me. Um, If you guys are in the area or just curious about game time sports cards and collectibles, I would love for you to come in. The experience is worth it, you guys. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, give me a call. My name is Jordan. Thank you, Mr. Red Sox, for having me on your show, Ryan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. We will continue this on another show with the Hall of Fame questions. (laughs) and conversation as well as other cards you guys i appreciate you guys having me thank you
0: thank you uh thank you jordan for hopping on talk baseball cards hobby big money low money thank you ryan for hopping on not only just to talk baseball but about your collecting experience past years and everything like that so thank you both
1: awesome always man you guys keep collecting and uh enjoy it i love you guys